Here we are. You guys can take your seats. Thank you. Hey, yeah. You can stay. We just uh, I just really wanted to honour your senior pastors, my parents, um, this morning, and just thank you for the opportunity to share from your pulpit. It's been a while since I've been up here, um, and some of you may have remembered those days. There's a lot of new faces around these days, which is awesome as well. I love the, the natural growth of church. But I just wanted to honour my parents, um, just because this, there's so many things that I could say, but they are the real deal. Um, they, they got me through some pretty hard years. There was many, many times and many, many prayers prayed because I wasn't a smart kid. No, <laughs> I, wasn't, I didn't make the greatest choices when I was growing up. And, but I know that my parents were so steadfast, so um, faithful, so loyal to uh, praying for me and praying for my future and believing in me. And I know, I, I know with my deepest, deepest thoughts that they pray those prayers for you in this church and in this region. And they, they have a church like this because they pray. They go after God and they seek His face and they go into battle on your behalf. So I just want you to give them a hand this morning in honour them. And I just wanted to thank Pastor John and Emma, Pastor Simon and Georgia. This is um, a bit weird, very weird. And I mean, this is a call. Don't, don't go out and plant a church with, without knowing that God's told you to go and do it um, because you'll be a mess and a bigger mess. Than, <laughs> that's right. But um, thank you, guys. Thank you, team. Did a wonderful job. Why don't you thank the team this morning? You can take your seat, babe. So we're, we're going to tag team, and I'm going to try and stay within my 15 minutes so that I can let Sarah loose, because she's a phenomenal preacher. Um, but hey, we just wanted to uh, send our greetings from C3 Queanbeyan. Um, we, have, we started in February last year, so we've nearly been going for two years, and um, our team um, are having a well-deserved break today as well. Um, lots of them have headed down the coast uh, the long way because we're in the midst of many, many fires down there. But um, yeah, we, our church um, is going great from all respects. It's a healthy church. Uh, Pastor Richard Green said after five years, if you've got 75 members, you're doing great. And so we hit about 100 and we've got about 110 people that call C3 Queanbeyan home, and, um, which is phenomenal. Thank you, Jesus. And uh, so, yes, keep, keep praying for us. Um, church planning is no small feat. It's a lot of uh, fun, isn't it, Simon? It's awesome. And um, I'm glad that you can sit there on the front row with your arms crossed and just enjoy the moment. You'll be back into it next week. Relax, man, because this is the only chance you're going to get this year. But um, such... Hey, well, this is the last this year. Next year is a whole new thing. But, hey... What a privilege to preach to you on the last day of this year. What a privilege it is to preach to you on the last day of this decade. We're heading out of the teens into the 20s. Who's excited about that? Back to the roaring 20s. I don't think there would be too many people in this room that were born in the 20s. Um, no, there's not. Is there any? No. Um, thank you. Um, <laughs> but 
I just wanted to preach um, a message this morning that's been on my heart for a while, um, and the the title of my message is Tomorrow's a New Day. And as we head into a new season, as we head into a new year, as we head into January, as we head into this new decade, I just wanted us to start off this new year in a new place. And I want to read from you from Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 to 14, which is one of my favorite scriptures of all time, because it reminds me that I don't have to have it all together in order to do what I'm doing. I don't have to have, have obtained the, the end state of glory to be able to preach, to be able to do what God's called me to do. So Philippians 3 verse 12 says, Not that I have already obtained all this. This is Paul preaching to the Philippians, uh, Paul preaching to the church in, and, or writing a letter to the church in Philippi. Not that I have already obtained all this. Who's glad that Paul didn't have it all together? that we can actually take from his life and apply it to our own, that he didn't have it all together, yet he wrote a whole lot of the New Testament. Who's grateful for that? Or have already obtained, arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have... I think I just read that. Anyways, but one thing I do... One thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal for which, to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Let us just pray as we come around the word this morning. Lord, I thank you. Lord, that your word is more powerful than a two-edged sword. Lord, that every voice uh, that is um, coming against your name, Lord, would be broken right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, that your voice would penetrate hearts here this morning. Lord, and we thank you, Father, that, that you are here with us. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. You know, I'm, a lot of you might know some of my story, but... Um, there was a period in my life which didn't look so great. I spent uh, my teenage years trying to live up to a standard of a person that I did not meet. And I spent my teenage years trying to convince myself that I was who I wasn't. I'd come to church on a Sunday, as Pastor Bruce was saying before, we'd come to church week in, week out, whether we were dragged there by our ears or um, sometimes I needed to be or whether... Sorry. Or dragged out by your ears, um, like I did get one day, and I'm, I'll officially, from the pulpit, apologise to you for that moment in my life. Um, but there's plenty of times that I actually need to apologise to my parents because of the behaviour and the choices that I decided to make when I was growing up. And I love this scripture because it actually puts us into perspective that I didn't have to have it all together. I was trying to achieve something that I that and trying to come to terms with the call that God had put on my life, as well as trying to be accepted in my school and be accepted um, in, just in life in general. And I put on this fake person. So I'd come to church on a Sunday and I'd praise God, mostly, or else we'd be sitting up the back talking and um, that would distract a whole lot of you as well, so I apologise for that. Um, this is going to be a whole lot of apology. No, it's not really. I'm just apologising, blanket apology for... Um, <laughs> done. Um, but but it was, there, was, there was a moment there where I actually had to make a decision to accept who I was, who God had called me to be, and step into that reality, to step into who God had called me to be. And it took me a while because, as I said before, I was a little bit slow and a little bit trying to, trying, to be, um, trying to fit into a crowd that really didn't want to accept the message that was being preached, the message that Christ actually wants a better life for you than you could even imagine. 
And so this morning, I just wanted to come around three different things and draw out of this scripture, three different things that are going to help you to live your best year in 2020, your best decade in the next in the 20s. So the first point this morning, if you're writing notes, um, I'd encourage you to write notes um, so that you can go back and have a look through what Pastor Bruce and Pastor John and everybody else is saying. Uh, but the first point is do something. Do something. And uh, Paul says, one thing I do. One thing I do. Sometimes we actually need to make a choice. Sometimes we actually need to forgive that person. Sometimes we actually need to change our circumstances. Sometimes we need to actually move on. Sometimes we actually need to make a stand, put a line in the sand and say, that was my old life, but I'm stepping into a new life in him. We need to do something. And, you know, our life and our our will has been given to us. Free will has been given to us by God to be able to make the choices for ourselves, to be able to step into things on our own free will and on our own accord. And we actually need to own our lives. We need to stand there and say, yes, this is who I am. This is what God's called me to do. And, yes, I'm going to make that stand. I'm going to stand for Christ. And so, as I said before, my relationship with God looked very different from what it does today when I was growing up. I'd go to church on a Sunday, I'd, I'd praise and worship him, and then I'd go to school uh, the next day, or I'd probably go home, and it would literally just flick a switch, and I'd go back to my ways of carrying on and screaming and fussing at home, and then go to school and pretend to be whoever it was that I was trying to be and trying to fit into that crowd. But there wasn't a moment where I actually had that connection with God. It was, it was very just a facade. I'd go to church, I'd do, but it was actually a moment where I realized that I needed that deeper connection with Christ. I needed to actually invest. I needed to make the choice to step in to his um, presence, to step into what he had for me. And so this morning, I just wanted to ask a few questions like, what, what is it that you need to make a shift on in 2020? What is the one thing that you need to do in 2020 that's going to revolutionize your decade? And I want you to think of that one thing. I want you to be praying for that one thing. Don't go and write 10 things down or 100 things down. I need to do all of this. Let's focus on the one thing, get, rid of, get, get through that thing, and then move on to the next. And I love that was what Georgia was saying before about the one, bringing in the one into church. Let's not focus on the hundreds and thousands that we want to see planted. Sure, we want to see churches full and to the brim because uh, we just want to see God's love and grace poured out across our region, sure. But we, we need to go after the one. We need to actually go after and, and be in a place where the one actually makes a difference. One thing. So what, what's the one thing that you're doing in 2020 that's going to make a difference for you? What's God asking you to do? What's that one thing that he's put, put, it, put it on your heart? Do you need to set a time, set aside time with God? Do you need to start the day in his word? Do we need to swallow some of our own pride and actually ask for help for a situation? Do we need to choose to say an encouraging word? You know, you might be the most negative person, but why don't we just draw a line in the sand and start speaking out encouragement over people. Let's, let's change our vocabulary. Let's be the people that Christ has called us to be. You know, you might be at, at work and not wanting to talk about Christ or not wanting to live a life 
like him in your workplace, but let's live and let's work as though we're working for Christ in our workplace. Let's be a reflection of what Christ has done for us. So do something in 2020. Say, do something. Do something. Number two is forget what lies behind. We need to remember to forget the former things. Isaiah 43, 18 to 19 says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do not perceive it. I am doing a new thing. Christ wants to do a new thing in your life. Let's forget the past. Let's not, let's not let our past hold us back from what God has called us to. You know, there's many years of my life spent just pondering and wondering whether or not the things that I had done in my life or the, the decisions that I'd made in my life were actually going to hold me back from what Christ had called me to do. And it took me a whole lot of time to actually come to terms with the fact that, you know, Christ had put a church on our heart and that I knew that I was called to preach and I knew that I was called to um, do His work, yet there was a whole lot of stuff, a whole lot of baggage. Who's, who's had baggage? Who's got baggage that they want to get rid of? Let's leave it in 2019 and step into 2020. Let's forget what happened and actually keep our eyes focused on Christ this year. 2 Corinthians 5.17. Um, I love this verse because it always reminds me of a song that I used to sing from the Donut Man. I'm pretty sure it was. If anyone is in Christ, he is a... He's a... He's a... If anyone is in Christ, he is a... The oldest God. Exactly. Exactly. Well, this might have just been our family singing that. So, so apologies. There was someone over here. Yep, yep. That's good. No, no. We'll give it to Winnie one day. <laughs> Georgia, no, no, no. He, he, hears, he hears it enough at home. That's good. But, you know, Christ came for us to set us free. We don't actually need to... Um, live in a place where we're held back by our past. We don't actually need to live in a place where that defines our future. We actually need to remember to forget. And uh, there's, there's so many things that God has done for us. But if he began a good work in you, he's going to see it to completion. And so no matter what you've done, no matter what you've been like, no matter what you've acted like this year in 2019 or in this decade, let's leave this year knowing that our future is bright in Christ. We can forget what had happened. Remember to forget so that we can actually move into our future. Number three, really quickly, is reach for what lies ahead. Reach from the Oxford Dictionary says, stretch out an arm in a specified direction in order to touch or grasp something. And I loved uh, Pastor Bruce's tithe message this morning just about the laws of gravity and that things are just going to happen because of your giving, because of what, what you actually do. And my biggest revelation of giving is actually stretching out and releasing. And if you can release, you've actually opened up your hand to receive. And so whatever it is that God's given you, continue to release it. Continue to let it go so that he can always fill your hand with more and that more can then be released. Released. This isn't just in giving your, your tithe, or your, or, but it's in giving your time. It's giving encouragement. It's in every single area of your life. Reach out to what Christ has called you for. Reach for what lies ahead. And uh, 
our relationship with God, as Pastor Bruce said before, is our first and foremost priority. If we can keep him at the centre of everything that we do, if we can keep him in all that we do, if we can keep him uh, continually investing and, and continually pouring into our lives, we will actually step into the future that he has for us. You know, and I said to our church last week as they were heading into holidays and not having church uh, this week that God doesn't go on holidays when we do. God doesn't go on holidays when we do. We actually need to continue in these times where it's restful to continue to pick up the Bible, to continue praying to him in these times where it is, you know, it might be chaotic. I mean, we had nine kids not, not fully running around, but nine kids screaming and carrying on for the last few days. And I know Pastor Bruce uh, definitely got over it on Thursday when they kicked me out of the house and said, you can go over there and then you can go over there and just stay away from us. Um, <laughs> they just needed their time. But, you know, it's, it, it can be chaotic. Life can be chaotic. And we actually can step into a space where we're reaching out, where we're giving of our lives in every single area. So what is it this year that you're going to do? What is it this year that you're going to do? What is it this year that you're going to forget? And what is it this year that you're going to continue to reach out? Awesome. Babe, come and finish us off this morning. Thank you. Tag. Awesome. Why don't we thank Pastor Michael? What a word, babe. So good. So good. Well, what an honour it is to be here and thank you so much, Pastor Bruce and Julie, the best in-laws in the world. I'm so grateful for you guys and we just both, as Michael said, so honoured to be here and it is really a privilege to share with you this morning. Um, so I'm going to get straight into it. I want to share with you uh, out of the book of Ezra and the story of the rebuilding of the temple. And I've just been reading this over the last couple of months, Ezra and Nehemiah, and I'm just finding as I read the story of what happened when they actually built, rebuilt the temple and rebuilt the walls, uh, just how much there is to learn from the people of Israel during that time. And so I'll give you a bit of background. The people of Israel had lost their promised land uh, because they had sinned and done the wrong thing. They'd been sent, uh, scattered into exile. They were serving other kingdoms, other rulers. They were slaves. Uh, so they'd lost everything. And all of a sudden, after many, many, many years, it's finally time for them to be restored to the promised land. And they, this had been prophesied in Jeremiah, in Isaiah, and here we are in the book of Ezra, and we see these prophecies start to come to pass. So God's people begin the journey of rebuilding, and the people are restored and returned to their promised land. So I just want to unpack a bit of this story this morning. We're going to jump through a bit of Ezra and read about their story. So in Ezra 1 verse 5, it says, Everyone whose heart God had moved prepared to go up and build the house of the Lord in Jerusalem. Everyone that God had spoken to, everyone whose heart had been stirred. And I want to ask you today, what's God stirring in your heart? Maybe it's to do with that one thing that you need to do this coming year. But what's God stirring in your heart? I know that you guys have launched C3 Parkside and there's many of you who God's stirred your heart to go and join that team and to be a part of that. And there's others of you that will be like, no, God stirred my heart to stay here in Adelaide Hills and to build this and be a part of it. So what's God speaking to you about? What's He moving on your heart today? Who knows though, when God speaks to us and we begin to uh, 
walk out the call of God, that it's not always smooth sailing. It's not just like, yeah, we're taking up the call. I'm sure you guys know already. But it's not just smooth sailing. There's a journey that actually has to take place for us to see the promises of God fulfilled. So the people of Israel begin to build, but it doesn't take long before opposition comes their way. And just like you guys have stepped out, there's going to be opposition that comes your way in everything that we do when we are building the house of God, when we're advancing the kingdom, the enemy's not happy about it and there's opposition that comes. So in Ezra 4.4, it says, Then the people around them set out to discourage the people of Judah and make them afraid to go on building. You know, the enemy will try and instill fear in us to limit us and to stop us from progressing and moving forward, to stop us from doing what God's called us to do. That's one of his biggest things is fear. He will try and instill that fear, robs us of our faith. It robs us of our peace. You know, whenever we're taking new ground, there's opposition. And most of the time it comes out of a place of fear. Fear keeps our focus on our circumstances and not on the promises of God. And, you know, yesterday we uh, went to tree climb. Has anyone been into tree climb? I know the Chesters have. I saw that on Facebook. That actually is why we had a look at it. Um, It was so much fun. So Michael and I both did it and we took our three kids and two of our nephews and um, it was a whole lot of fun. And we, uh, our youngest, Bexley, is only three years old. And we thought he just met the height requirement by about one centimetre maybe. Um... And we thought, look, if we don't buy him a ticket, he'll be at the bottom begging to go because everyone else gets to go. So we'll just get him one and we'll see how he goes. So I think there's a couple of photos that might come up in a minute of him all harnessed up and ready to go. Look at him. So cute. He just looks so tiny. Um, And there might be one more of him doing the first obstacle. But he started to go and he just followed all the kids. And this is the first obstacle. And he got to the end. And the little trolley that you have attached to you, it kind of has, it gets stuck a bit at the end over the metal things it needs to go over. And because he wasn't quite tall enough, as he went to step off the last sort of wobbly ledge, he couldn't quite get it over and he couldn't reach up to push it over the metal thing. So we're calling out, you know, metres down from the ground trying to help him explain to a three-year-old what to do in this moment. And uh, so we're calling out. Anyway, one of the girls who works there comes over and says, there's a step. If he just steps up on that wood there, he should be out of reach. So we're telling him to step on this wood And uh, so he does, but what happens is because he wasn't tall enough, as he stepped, it pulled him back and he fell. And um, all of a sudden, he, he stood up and kind of got up, but he just froze and fear got a hold of him. He stopped looking at where he was headed and all of a sudden was looking at his circumstances and fear got a hold of him. And sometimes that's what can happen to us is that fear gets on us and all of a sudden we're looking at our circumstances and we forget to look up at what God said to us, the promise that he's put before us and we get overcome by fear. Oh, I already moved my page. Here we go. And maybe the enemy's tried to put fear on you. Whatever that looks like, maybe it's something to do with your past, like Pastor Michael was talking about. Fear that's limiting you or trying to hold you back. Fear that's taking your focus off what God has for you and His promises. But my Bible tells me in 2 Timothy 1.7 that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love and a sound mind. And we've got to start to declare that over our lives. You know, it says in the Bible, fear not 110 times. That's a lot of times. I think God needed us to know we need to fear not because He is with us. We've got to remind ourselves of that. And in Ezra 3.3, 3, 
It says, despite their fear of the people around them, they built the altar on its foundations and sacrificed burnt offerings on it to the Lord. Despite their fear. Don't you love that? Despite their fear, they continued to build and then they worshipped. Then they worshipped. I love what Pastor Bruce was just saying before we got up. That life of worship. And that's what they did. They said, we're not going to be afraid or maybe they were still afraid. But despite that, they're going to continue to do what God said and they're going to worship. They're going to look to Him. Unfortunately, after a little while, the people of Israel, they continue to build the temple, but one day they receive a letter from the king and it forces the building to stop. And uh, the opposition had continued for many times, but it actually forced it to stop for 17 years. That's a long time. Nothing happening after all this work they'd done, pushing it back against the opposition. And you know, yesterday with Bex, he came to a standstill. He got to this point at the end of that obstacle and we're like, it's okay, you can keep going, keep trying. And he was like, no, I'm done. And he just froze in this moment. And because of how uh, the ropes work, no one can get past you. So everyone is lined up behind. And you know, sometimes when the enemy's trying to stop us and we get frozen or we get stagnant or we're stopped in our position, it doesn't just affect us. It actually affects all the people around us. It actually affects all those that are following us, that are watching us. So, you know, I encourage you today, maybe just think about where am I at? Am I actually stagnant in something that God's asked me to do? And who's it affecting? Because the salvation of our friends and family, our city being changed is reliant on us, keeping moving forward in everything that we do. So what's God saying to you today? I love that the story continues in Ezra 5 and Haggai and Zechariah, who were prophets at the time, they come along and they prophesy to the people of Israel. And all of a sudden, after they speak a prophetic word and remind the people of what God has said, their working begins again. The building starts again. We've got to speak the Word of God over our situations and our circumstances. We've got to begin to prophesy what God has said to us and the promises that He's given us. You know, we've got to get around people that are going to speak life over us, that are going to draw out the best in us, that are going to remind us of what God said to us. And we've got to be those people for others. Who are we speaking life over? Are you speaking words of life or words of death over people? You know, sometimes we're so careless with our words, but they're so powerful. We have to be so careful of what we say. But I encourage you, be that person that speaks life over others. Be that person that declares the Word of God over your situation, over your circumstances. Remind yourself of the promises of God that He's given you. It will stop you from stopping. It will keep you moving forward. You know, yesterday... Uh, when Bex was stuck and he was still, one of the workers came down and was talking to us and she goes, I'll go up and help him. So off she goes and she gets past all the other kids and then attaches and then he didn't want her to leave him the whole time, but he wanted to keep going. And so she encouraged him, she held his hand and she took him through every one of the obstacles until he got to the end and he did the zip line. He wasn't even phased, it was just this giant zip line. That was the last bit. He's like, okay, just off he goes <laughs> and loved it. 
But amazing how when someone gets alongside you, speaks life into you and says, hey, let's do this together, he got way further than he ever would have gotten on his own. He completed the course. He did so much more. And that's what it is when we speak life over each other. When we declare the promises of God, we bring people with us and we say, hey, we can do this. Let's do it together. And we get so much further when we do it together and we're in it together. It's awesome. Something we say a lot in our church is the why behind the what. And I know you've had Pastor Steve and Deb White here. That's probably one of his things that he's instilled in us, the why behind the what. And sometimes we can get so stuck in the what of what we're doing that we forget about the why of why we're doing it. So something we say a lot to our team is the why behind the what. When we're doing something new in church, we don't just say, hey, we want you to do this task. It's like, here's why we're doing it. This is the purpose of it. Because it helps us to remember the reason that we're doing it in the first place. So let's remind each other of the why. Why we sacrifice our time, our energy, our gifts, our talents, our finances. Because we want to see our city changed. We want to see our friends and family come to know Jesus. We want to see our ch- the church built, right? We want to see God glorified in our city. And that's why we do what we do. That's why it's so important that we keep moving forward. That we don't get stuck in fear. But that we actually, together, encourage each other and move forward. So as you head into 2020, I encourage you, what's God speaking to you about? What's He stirring in your heart as you head into the new year? Don't let fear hold you back and limit you from what He has for you. Step boldly into it. Step boldly into what He's calling you into. Keep your eyes on Him. Declare His word and promises over your life and over those around you. And we'll see our city changed. Now friends and family come to know Christ. Amen. Awesome. Well, right now, church, why don't we just stand together in this last moment? Why don't we just spend a moment, close your eyes if you feel comfortable, and just look to God. You know, maybe you do feel like there's something that's holding you back. Maybe there's fear in a certain area. Maybe there's that one thing that Pastor Michael talked about that you know you need to do as you step into the new year. Maybe you've come to a place where you feel like you've stopped progressing and moving forward. You've stopped doing what He's asked you to do and you need to let go of whatever's holding you back. That can happen in a moment just like this. It just takes a decision. So right now, why don't you just close your eyes? God, we ask You this morning, Lord, You'd reveal those things to us, God, that are holding us back, those areas where fear may have got in, intimidation may have got in, Lord, I thank You today, God. We break the power of fear in the Name of Jesus. Lord, I speak freedom, God, over Your people today. Lord, I thank You, God, that we would keep moving forward together. Lord, that we would see Your church built and our cities changed, God. Lord, as we keep pushing towards You, God. Lord, I thank You today. God, we would lift our eyes from our circumstances and put them back on You. Lord, we fix our attention on You. God, show us again those promises You have for us. Show us, Lord, what it is that You're calling us into, we pray. Lord, I thank You for freedom from fear in this place this morning. Peace, God, over every heart, over every mind. Thank You, Lord. God, give us boldness, Lord, to step into what it is that You've called us to. 
thank you, Lord. Lord, we wait on you to hear your voice today, God. Thank you, Lord. You know, right now in this place, I want to give you the opportunity to meet Jesus if you haven't done that before. It's the best decision that you can make as you finish this year and head into a new year, a new decade, starting it in right relationship with God. You know, the Bible tells us that if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord, that we will be saved. It's as simple as that. Just takes a decision. So I want to just invite you today to make that decision. Maybe you've never done it before and it's the first time. Or maybe you have made that decision once before to invite Jesus into your heart, but you know that today you're not really walking with Him like you once were, that you're not in right relationship with Him. Or maybe you're just not sure if you're going to heaven. You might be coming to church every week, but if it really came down to it, you're just not sure. I want to give you that assurance today. So right now, if that's you, I'd love for you to just raise your hand so that I can see it. I'm not going to invite you down the front or embarrass you at all. I'd just love to pray with you, have some of the team pray. It's the best decision that you'll ever make. So if that's you, just raise your hand so I can see it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Wonderful. Well, God bless you, church. Thank you so much for having us with you today. And I will see you around.